0: Romans chapter number four tonight. Romans chapter number four. Reason why we sing about faith tonight, because we're going to be dealing with it, talking about a faith that rests in God. And we're going to be talking about Abraham. Uh, and uh, we spoke a little bit about Abraham last week, Abraham and David. But, uh, we, we want to get a little more detail into the the uh, to Abraham's faith and how it is has characteristics of the faith that we're to have, okay? Characteristics of a faith that rests in God is what we're talking about. Um, Romans chapter 4, let's let's begin reading. Uh, let's, let's, let's pick up where we left off last week, even though I'm not going to deal with these earlier verses. We're, we're going to basically be dealing with uh, uh, verse number uh 18 through uh, verse number 25. So uh, let's let's take a look at uh, verse 13 though. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world, talking about Abraham, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Uh, For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath. That's because you can't do it. (laughs) You can't do the law. You, You want to Try to go by the law. Uh, you're going to miserably fail. So for where there no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure <laughs> to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham, the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Talking about the, as, as, regarding faith. Uh, Abraham is the father of of, of our faith and so it stands the reason we need to know about Abraham's faith amen look at verse 17 as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And she was about 90, okay. uh, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. That is, you know, what God promised Abraham, God was able to do. Verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. This is what I want us to grab a hold of, and the reason why we're dealing with this. It wasn't written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Okay? Man, that's what it takes to do. Be saved. You believe that Christ died on the cross for for uh, your sins, and that He arose again the third day uh, from from the grave. Uh, even though we weren't there, we didn't see Him, but by by faith we believe that because there were witnesses of to that very thing. Uh, verse twenty five: Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So. Those last three verses tell us the, the why of why we're, why we're doing what we're doing tonight. So let's take a look at the faith that rests in God. And I, and I gave you, a, a, I know it's a short handout, uh, but it is, the points that I had were so long that uh, you're trying to, if those of you that like to take notes, if you're trying to write it down, it's kind of tough to get it all down in one, one uh, writing if I just say it one time. But um, And I understand that. So I try to, give you, try to give you notes when I think it might be a help to you when we're doing it. But there's not a, not, a lot of, not, not a lot of meat that I got under those notes. Just one side of the sheet tonight. But uh, hopefully it'll be a help to you as we look at these things. First of all, the faith that rests in God believes what God says in spite of the seeming impossibility. And we talked about this morning with regard to uh, the... Angel of the Lord uh, talking to uh, uh, Mary, she believed. Uh, you know, the uh, said that that which was, is with God is there. There's nothing impossible with God. All things are possible with God. Amen. And. Uh, we we know that a faith that rests in God believes what God says in spite of the seeming impossibility. Uh, Three things about this. First of all, a faith that rests in God hopes in God even when everything seems hopeless. You look at a hopeless situation. Ever had a hopeless situation? Ever had had it and said, boy, there's no hope in that. (laughs) You know, what am I going to do? There's no hope left. But God can do things. Uh, even when a situation seems hopeless, and when you're almost a hundred years old, and your wife's almost ninety years old, and God says, "Well, I'm going, I'm going to give you uh, your promised seed at your age through your through your wife through Sarah. Uh, it's not going to be through Hagar. Uh, your your uh, your your uh, your uh, uh, seed is not your the the servant in your house. It's not uh, 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 the the uh, Damascus uh, fellow that came there, uh, but what it is? It is what God says. God said, "I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a child through uh, your wife Sarah," and that just seemed like a hopeless situation. I mean, you just think about it. I mean, you, when you're 100 years old, I, I can't imagine. And here I am, 66. I'm having trouble with my hip tonight. <laughs> Getting up and down out of the chair, can't imagine being a hundred. What it's going to be like then? But uh, uh, you think about Sarah, ninety, going through a pregnancy, having a child, raising a child. I mean, it's uh, it, it seems impossible. It seems hopeless. Uh, A faith that, look at verse number 18 says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall my seed be. God spoke it, and even though it was against hope, he believed in hope. Well, God said it. He can do it. That's what that's talking about. A faith that rests in God believes that God can do that which seems impossible, even that which defies nature. Verse number 19 Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Well, if God said he can take, do something with his body, I guess he can. <laughs> and uh, Sarah, too. <laughs> His own, his, his, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb; it it uh, had ceased with her after the ma- manner of women. Amen. And uh, you know God can do uh, things uh, that seem. Uh, impossible. He he didn't take into account the natural circumstances. Natural circumstances would tell him it was impossible for him and Sarah to have a child. But he did not let those circumstances influence his faith. He chose rather to believe God and rest on the promise of God. Sometimes God has given us promises, and uh, in the t- day and time in which we live right now, we know that we are uh, in the last days. In fact, I believe that the time shows when the last of the last days. And I see some believers slipping in their faith. Uh, Some are starting to slide away from being pre-tribulational in their belief, thinking that, uh, man, the tribulation period looks like it sure is upon us, that we're fixing to go through the tribulation. Understand, we may be able to go through some difficulties before the Lord Jesus Christ come back. And I've been telling you for the last 14 years that I've been here, that I expect that to happen. It's not going to be boom, we're gone, and then everything starts tribulating. No, nope, that's not the way it happened. It's a buildup. Uh, uh, but we're surely going to be taken out of here before it gets to the point that it is the tribulation period. The, the, son, the That uh, a man of sin is revealed. We know that we'll be out of here about when that happens. But uh, what we do is when we consider uh, the, the circumstances that we're living in, when we, we, and we, we think about the, the, the rapture, you know, we, talk, we talk about the rapture, and we talk about how uh, the dead in Christ are going to rise. Well, that seems impossible. We which are alive are going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Well, how's that going to happen? We don't know, but do you believe God? Do you trust God? God said it was going to happen. Hey, he raised his son up out of of the grave. (laughs) Uh, What he says he will do, he will do. Um, He didn't let the circumstances influence his faith. He chose rather to believe God and rest on the promise of God. Uh, When When we're believing God to receive the fulfillment of a promise from him, we must not concentrate on our natural circumstances. We must concentrate on God and his promises. I mean, God said he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Well, things around us seem like, uh, you know, uh, he's not going to do it. No, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. (laughs) Abraham's faith was not weak. Now, the word weak there means to be feeble, to be diseased. To be impotent or sick. Um, now, early on he had a kind of a weak faith, but he grew in his faith. And we'll talk about that in a minute. A lot of people have weak faith. Abraham's faith was not weak, but rather it was strong at the point when the Lord said, hey, you can be assured Sarah's going to have a child. Okay, Lord, you, you said it. I believe it. <laughs> he, he believed. Abraham's faith was so strong that he didn't consider the fact that both he and Sarah were beyond the age of having children, God promised him that they would have a son, and Abraham believed God. Uh, let's take a look at verse 20 here. A faith that rests in God grows stronger as it is exercised. Remember, I told you that uh, when he, in the beginning, he had a little bit of a weak faith, uh, he was stronger than a lot of us, but he had still had a little bit of a weak faith. There in verse 20, he said, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, we need to understand Abraham had to grow uh, to this point in his faith. Uh, don't lose your place there. We're going to be back. But I want you to turn to uh, the book of Genesis, and we're going to start with chapter number 12. And we're going to be in several different chapters here looking at uh, the progression of, of Abraham's faith uh, here in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, in verse number 1 and 2. We know, we know the story of when he first received his call from the, from the Lord. And, and here's where the Lord made a promise to him. And, and he, he, we, we can see that he clearly believed God. Um, it says uh, down in verse number 1, Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He had a promise of God right there, right? What was his response? Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. You know, God said, I want you to get up and move. You don't know where you're going to move yet, but I'll show you. (laughs) And so the Lord gave him the the parting instructions, and he gets up, and he goes in the direction. And and he was 75 years old at that time. That's what it says down in verse number 4. 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Already a on up in age, you think, boy, at 75 years old, you'd think he'd be uh, uh, done with, right? <laughs> uh, but no, he, he was just beginning, really, in his faith toward God. And, and he, we see, and look at chapter number 15. Chapter number 15. And here's where uh, he, he gets the promise of a seed here, uh, a little more specifically. Chapter fifteen, verse number one. And these things, the word of uh, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, "Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward." And Abram said, "Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? The steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus." There's, there's was. You In know, Abram's mind, he's trying to figure out how God's going to do this thing, and he's thinking, well, well, here's, here's, my, here's my, uh, my steward in my house. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. Notice the promise here. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And here's where we get, uh, uh, it says, And he he believed in the Lord and he he counted it to him for righteousness. Uh, Abraham believed God. He believed the Lord. And the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. Look at chapter number 16, verse 1 and 2. A little bit further down the road here. And it uh, says in verse, chapter 16, verse 1, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. He's still childless at this point. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord thy, uh, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing, I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And that's why we got all the trouble, mess in the Middle East out there right now. Amen. It's still stirring up in the Middle East. Everybody against Israel because of the situation of Abram hearkening to his wife rather than just waiting on the Lord. And... Uh, so he, she, she, we know the, the story. Um, uh, Hagar had Ishmael, and uh, that was not God's plan for what he was talking about. That was not the promised seed. God was going to give a promised seed. And the promised seed is going to be through Sarah. Look at chapter 17. Look at uh, verse number 4. As for me, behold, my covenant, this is the Lord speaking, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their uh, generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God uh, unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So he's promised him here. Uh, pretty specifically, and we see down in, in verse number 15, it gets a little more specific. And God said unto Abram, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her, Now, here's where Abraham was a little bit uh, weak in his faith, all right? Uh, Verse 17, that Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto me that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. So, there's the promise, and and uh, we know that uh, uh, the, the God was going to follow through on what He told uh, and promised Abraham. Look at uh, chapter 18 and verse number 10. Chapter 18, verse number 10. Here it says and. And he said, I will certainly return. This is the Lord speaking again. I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. In other words, I'm going to make a change in you. I know you think you're too old, but uh, I'm, I'm going uh, to give you a little youth in that area. <laughs> and so uh, he's going to quicken him there. Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself. After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, uh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And we know the answer to that is no. (laughs) And the Lord said, At the time appointed... I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. You get the idea that God said specifically when it was going to take place. And so we see here that uh, God gave a promise, a very specific promise. And so Abraham did not allow the obstacles that were in front of him to stop him from believing God. When God assured him, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it through you and Sarah. And uh, just count on it. He counted on it. Amen? He, he believed God. He trusted God. Now, we just read there in uh, um, uh, chapter 18 where Sarah laughed at the idea of bearing a child at her age. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, Abraham wasn't staggering at God's promise. God said, I'm going to do it. And, and he's, okay, God's, go- God's going to do it. He had laughed before, but he's not laughing now. So Sarah was laughing, but she didn't laugh very long. We know that Abraham laughed where we read there in Genesis 17, 17. But God assured him that the child of promise was going to be from the relationship between he and Sarah. Um, And think about it. Common sense tells us that a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman are not going to have children. It's just common sense, right? And we just know that ain't going to happen. But after God said it would indeed happen... Abraham didn't have, uh, say anything against it at all. In other words, he didn't waver. He did not waver. Uh, Romans four twenty puts it that Abraham staggered not, staggered not. Uh, in other words, he stood strong. I'm staggering up here a little bit because my hips, <laughs> my hips, a little want to be a little bit uh, uh, rambunctious on me tonight. But uh, he didn't stagger at all. He uh, he he was uh, uh, believing the Lord. Think about. Uh, after God said it, when the deed happened, uh, Abraham didn't waver. A person who staggers or wavers in faith will not receive anything from God, according to James 1, verse 6 and 7. So a faith that rests in God, believes what God says in spite of the seeming impossibility, uh, it, it hopes when everything seems hopeless, it believes that God can do that which defies even nature, and it grows stronger as it is exercised. Now, back to our text... And I want us to see uh, there in the second half of Romans uh, 4.20, because this was also an important step that enabled Abraham to receive from God. Look at verse 20 and 21 again. He staggered not at the promise of, of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And here's the key. Giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. A faith that rests in God expresses itself in giving glory to God. Uh, I want you to notice that Abraham gave glory to God for the blessing, and I, I believe that he did so before Isaac was ever conceived. God said, I'm, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you a child through Sarah. You and Sarah are going to have a child. Can you hear him saying, well, glory to God. <laughs> yeah? I, I can just about hear him say that. I, he gave glory to God. His name was changed from Abram, which meant exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. And uh, today, you know, listen, you may be facing obstacles in your life or situations that you consider, uh, you, I feel boxed in, so to speak. You might be uh, feel like you're uh, in a box, but don't consider... Your uh, your circumstances, consider God. Consider what God says. Now, it's very difficult to consider what God says if you don't know His Word. That's right. That's very important. Uh, very difficult to consider what God says if you don't know His Word. That's why we need to be in the book. We need to be reading it, studying it. need to be under the preaching of it and teaching of it. Too many people are trying to receive from God, but they don't know His Word for themselves. And someone told them what God said, or they heard a testimony of how God's Word delivered somebody else. But that's not good enough. (laughs) You need to know know God's promises for you and, and what He will do for you. If you know what God's promise is to you, you can begin to praise Him for it even before it's fulfilled. If you're going to consider the promises of God... You're going to have to know his word for yourself. It's one thing to say, I think so, or I heard. But it's another thing to say, hey, I know. I know what God's going to do. When you say I know, that means you're fully persuaded. Now look at verse 20 and 21 again. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being there it is, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to also to perform. Abraham was strong in faith, so he didn't consider the circumstances. The circumstances say it ain't going to happen. The circumstances says, uh-uh. <laughs> no, he, he, he didn't consider those. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He wavered not concerning what he believed. Why is that? Because he was fully persuaded. He knew who God was, and he knew what God could do. You see, our position is to Consider not the circumstances. To stagger not in our faith. To give glory to God and to be fully persuaded. And that's our responsibility. It's God's responsibility to do what he says he will do. And see, I'm just crazy enough to believe that the Lord is going to come back like he said he was. And the graves are people, people that know the Lord that uh, died in their, in their faith. Their bodies are in the grave. They're going to come out of the grave. They'll be changed in a moment, and the wing and I, the last trump. I mean, they're going to be changed, and we, we also shall be changed. Those of us that are alive, you say, well, that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Huh? Well, that's what the world thinks. The world thinks we're crazy. But listen, God will do it. <laughs> God's going to do it. Don't waver in your faith when, when the Lord said he's going to do something. Um, we don't have to try to figure out how he's going to do it. Or try to intervene to help him in our flesh, because if God said it, He's going to do it. You know, I here, hear here, here people all the time talking about how how maybe it's going to happen, and you know the maybe it's going to be UFOs or something, and I know uh, you know we and uh, we're just going to disappear, and you know the the, the world's going to uh, uh, play like the UFOs took us out of here. I don't know if it, that that might be. I don't know. God doesn't tell us that. All He get tells us is that. Listen, there's going to come a time, if you're saved by God's grace, I'm going to call you home to be with me. And that's as good as gold right there. In fact, it's better than gold. You can can take it to the bank right there. Uh, The Lord is going to do it. Unfortunately, many people today are in a position of staggering or wavering. They're, They're wondering if the promises of God are really for them. Well, they're not going to receive anything from God that way. Listen, um... Remember when the Apostle Paul was on a ship bound for Rome? Uh, look at Acts chapter number 27. Acts 27. Um, Acts 27. He, he's on his way to Rome. Um, as he's going to be standing before Caesar there. Um, but he's on the ship. You know, he's, he's, on, he's on that trip. And he... The winds and the waves tossed the boat back and forth, and so violently that the men on board the ship gave up all hope of being saved. I mean, it was a bad storm. We're, we're talking about hurricane proportions, is what it was. Now, I want you to look down at Acts chapter number twenty-seven and uh, verse number twenty-two. Verse twenty-two, Acts twenty-seven, verse twenty-two, and look at what Paul says. He says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. <laughs> I mean, the ship is tossing every which way. Uh, a few of them are probably hanging over the edge. Yeah, you know what happens when you're in, out on the sea and you're not, yeah, even, if, even folks who are seaworthy sometimes get sick in those situations. But, you know, we're in, you're in a bad storm. I imagine there were a lot of folks that were getting sick there. But he he told them to be of good cheer. He said, For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. So, y'all going to live. The ship ain't going to make it, but y'all going to make it. Verse 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. That's that's taking God as his word. Paul knew it was a done deal. I'm gonna be standing before Caesar. You know, I don't know what day it's gonna be, but we're gonna make it through this trial and we're gonna be standing before Caesar because God said so. Paul was fully persuaded that God would do just what he said. Now it's not feasible that a ship would go down during a violent storm without someone dying. Is that feasible? It's just I mean, even in our day and time, if a ship's going to go down, probably somebody's going to die. I mean, it's, it just probably is. But back during that time, it was much more the same. Um, but that's exactly what happened. Look at, look at verse number 41. Look at verse number 41. And uh, it says there, And in falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and it was really God that kept them from their purpose. Amen. And, and commanded that they uh, which could swim, should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land and, and the rest. Some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass, notice this, that they escaped all safe to land. Just like God said it was going to happen. Just like Paul told them it was going to happen. I tell you, if God says he will do something for you, he will do it. Just stay steady, don't waver in your faith. You may feel as if you're in the middle of a violent storm and your ship's about to go under, but if you keep believing God, He he will deliver you. You, He may have to give you a new ship when it's all said and done, but He will deliver you. Some people think, well, if God uh, was really in the situation, there wouldn't be any problem or test. There wouldn't be any trouble. The Bible never says that. In fact, you won't see that in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul, who wrote about Abraham in the book of Romans, was beaten repeatedly and faced death many times. Yet he said in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, he says, Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians two fourteen. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ. He knew that when all was said and done, he was on the winning side. And he was going to be uh, before God one day. And, uh, you know, according to the way that some people teach faith, Paul wasn't very successful because he had all sorts of trials and tribulations in his life. Yet we can take a lesson from the Apostle Paul. Yes, he went through those trials, but he considered not the situations. He staggered not at the promises of God himself, did he? Paul didn't do that. And, and was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Because Paul had the same kind of faith that Abraham did. And we're to have the same kind of faith that Abraham did. Often people will say, well, I don't understand why I'm having to go through all this. My answer many times is this, I don't know either. But keep trusting God, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. I, I want to tell you that how persuaded Abraham was. He was so fully persuaded that even after Isaac was born and God told him to offer Isaac on Mount Moriah. I want you to go up there and offer your your, your son as a sacrifice. The son that I told you was that's through where your seed's going to come. The one that doesn't have any kids yet. Not Not even married yet. I want you to go offer him as a sacrifice. Well, what did uh, Abraham do? By his faith, Abraham uh, went and did what God said. I mean, he was so sure that God would keep his word that he took his son Isaac up on top of the mount to offer him to God. Uh, as God said in, in Genesis 22, you can read about that. By his, by his faith, Abraham gave glory to God. Well, okay. God, I, I believe you're still going to give me my, uh, 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 make a great nation out of me, out of him. What, what was he believing in? He was believing in the resurrection of the dead. He received Christ in a figure by, by believing that. Look at Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews eleven. Look at verse eleven and twelve. First, and then we're going to go skip down to verse seventeen. And We see there Hebrews 11 verse 11, and we, we see through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Yes, she grew in her faith too, didn't she? She did. Therefore sprang there even of, of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Look at uh, verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. You don't think that's a trial? You know, when God says, go, go offer that uh, promised son up. That would be a trial, would not you think? But when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now, the Lord didn't let him take Isaac's life. He stopped him short. But had he let him go through on it, the Lord could have raised Isaac from the dead. (laughs) Notice verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Basically talking about... You know, he received what the Lord is going to do later on. Well, through his own son, he raised him up out of the grave. Listen, instead of questioning God, why not just glorify the Lord through all the troubles and trials? When you really believe something, you act like it's true, don't you? I mean, you, you act like it's a sure thing. I mean, if you really believe. Uh, for example, I, I don't know what kind of father you had, but let's just, just say that you had a faithful father. Uh, you know, you... Uh, uh, What he said, you could depend on him to do. And you're 15 years old, and he tells you, I'm going to buy you a car next month when you turn 16 and pass the driver's test. Now, if you really believe your father, I guarantee you, you're going to act like your father. (laughs) What he said was true, aren't you? you? You know, you'll study to pass the driver's test. Tell everyone, I'm getting a car next month. And even though they haven't seen the car and haven't seen the keys, you know it's good because, a good promise because of who it came from. What evidence is that teenage child going on? He's going on what his daddy said, the confidence he has in his daddy. Now, I want you to know that child isn't considering anything else. If somebody asks the child, yes, but what if, what if such, such and such happens? He says, listen, my dad said if I pass the driving test, he's, he's going to give me a car, and he's going to do that. He's going to have confidence, Right? And so, as believers, we don't have to worry about anything either. We, we don't have to consider anything other than what our Heavenly Father has said. Why? Because He's a faithful Heavenly Father who can and will do what He says. Is God able? He is able, isn't He? Will He do what He said He will do? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. God's, God cannot lie. What he says he will do, he will do. Look at that word "able" uh, back in our text in verse number twenty-one. Uh, in our text, there, verse there, verse number twenty, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. That word "able" it means powerful, mighty, having power for something. Abraham believed that God had the ability or strength to do what he promised. He was strong enough to do what he promised. He was capable of doing what he promised. When you think about who God is, I mean, he's the one that called, called it all into existence when there wasn't nothing. That's what God did. It's sad, but there are many people who really don't believe the promises in the Bible. But if God said it, Listen, that settles it, and so therefore we should, as believers, we should believe it. We should believe the promises that are, are ours. We have to be like Abraham, fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's able also to perform. We have to believe that whatever God has said, he's able to bring it to pass. Now let me ask, what is the need that you, uh, what is it that you need from God in your life today? While you're waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled in your life, maintain your confident trust in Him. Refuse to consider the circumstances or anything else. Don't stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but instead, thank God in advance for, for causing you to triumph, and then stay fully persuaded that whatever God promised, He's able to do, and it'll, it'll happen. And last thing we, we see here, a faith that rests in God, is credited to us as righteous. And that's that and that gets back to um, uh, the the passage there in verse number twenty-two and, and following. I know it just says verse twenty-two there on your on your notes, but it, it gets down to the, the 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 end here. Let's read read those verses again, verse twenty-two. And therefore it was imputed to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. He would just believed God, God's gonna do this, and God gave him, said, you know, because he's got faith, he, he's got righteousness. Now, verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised for our justification. Look at chapter 10. Chapter 10, and we're going to close with this here. Uh, chapter 10. And verses number 8 through 10 here. But what saith it, uh, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. Here's the word of faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's just that, just, just that simple. It really is just that simple. Have a faith that rests in God. Amen? And, and it will be credited to you for, for righteousness. Uh, have hope, even though there may s- seem to be no hope. Don't consider the circumstances, but rather consider God. Stagger not at the promises of God. Be firmly persuaded that what God says He will do, He will do. And when we do that, God will see us through. Our faith That rest in him will be credited to us as righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight.